Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the Netflix original film, A Christmas Prince 2, The Royal Wedding. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you proceed without having seen the film, just be aware that elements of the plot will be spoiled for you. Enjoy it. Hello, you Christmas prince. It's Christmas. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, just a bit of a uh, bit of naughty holder there. I invited him around for breakfast, and he's causing a right din. Did you want a little bit of naughty in your life? <laughs> a, a, yeah, a little bit of wizard on the side. <laughs> a little bit of George Michael makes you my man. <laughs> <laughs> This is Mambo Number Christmas. Yeah, did Lou Vega? I mean, I think he missed a trick at not doing a Christmas version of it. Although I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to find out if he did try and do a Christmas version of it at some point. Yeah, I'm gonna put it out there. Mambo Number Five is a crime against music. It is hideous. And I hate it. <laughs> what are your is thoughts? Any... Oh, it's a very bad song. And I'm glad that I don't like cricket because. I don't like cricket because um, on the <laughs> that's why I don't like cricket. Because <laughs> you know, whenever cricket's on TV, that's the the song that's on the ident every single time. If I ever go around someone's house and they're watching cricket, it's literally like a little snippet of Manvo Number Five every ten seconds. You're like, Jesus Christ! Like that is rude. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Baker is responsible for crimes against both music and cricket. <laughs> Wait, what's his relation to the I don't like cricket? Nothing. I just because I said <laughs> I said I don't like cricket, and then I realised that I, that is a line that demands to be sung because of the song by Ten Seasons. Right. Okay. Okay. I thought you insinuated that he was in some way responsible for cricket. <laughs> in some. <way. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lou Baker, the inventor of cricket. <laughs> I mean, he's got to do something to pass the time now, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He had that one hit song, and then yeah, he, one day he decided to pick up a red ball, put some stitches around it. Go down the park with his his large adult sons and yeah, just just start hitting stuff. Cricket didn't exist until the nineteen nineties. Everyone knows that. Yeah, I mean that is entirely true. It's a very modern sport. Yeah, it's really it's really progressive and not not old school at all. <laughs> so I have found Mambo Number no. Five Christmas Medley. Oh Jesus Christ! By the Antonio Enriquez Singers, whatever the fuck that is. Okay, um, giving it a, a. I'm giving it a quick listen as I'm speaking to you. If it's in Spanish, then that's probably an improvement. Um, it is not. Oh. It seems to just be Mambo Number no. Five, but with like some Christmas bells in the background. Oh. Yeah, well, everyone knows. <laughs> that, <laughs> all you all, all you need to make a Christmas song is just to put some sleigh bells. Sleigh bells on any track makes it Christmassy. It's like um, the old East Seventeen. Stay another day. Oh man, he's um, seventeen. That that song is is on every Christmas album, and the only thing it's got to do with Christmas is that they released it at Christmas time, and there's some bells on it. And they did a video where they're all standing in the snow, wearing big puffer jackets, looking looking mysterious. 
I do love the '90s puffer jacket. Yeah, that definitely needs uh, needs to have a comeback. And 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 puffer jackets like that have made a little bit of a comeback with with the hip kids. You think? I I swear that I've seen years and years wearing them. Really? And they are, and they're a hip band. They're very. They're, hip. they're a cool yeah. band. People like years and years, don't they? Yeah, I I quite liked. I heard a song of theirs on the radio the other day, and I thought it was quite good. Yeah, I saw them um, a few years back at um, the Great Escape Festival, um, and they were really good and interesting pop music. Basically, they were on one of the bigger stages there. But um, but yeah, they were they were they were decent. I liked them, and it's good to see them doing well. What they're actually very good at is dynamics. A lot of their songs sort of fade in and out really, really nicely. And when the big stuff chorus hits, you're like, wow, that like the contrast is really, really good. And they sort of fade the synths in and out really well in a way that a lot of pop bands just don't do. Yeah, well, you know me, I'm a sucker for quite loud dynamics in songs. Yeah. Um, and I really like it when people know how to go big. And they know how to go big, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Years and years, if you're listening, big fans. Yeah, we like you. We like what you're, you do. You're nice. Have they done a Christmas song? No, but they should do, shouldn't they? They definitely should. They should, and yeah, do a video where they're all in puffer jackets. All in puffer jackets. Basically, just do a repeat of the East Seventeen video. Yeah, didn't East Seventeen have? I might be making this up. Didn't they have a comeback gig at a leisure centre in Exeter while we were studying there? I don't remember that. I think to this, be honest, this might have just been a vicious rumour. <laughs> I I don't remember that. I remember some people doing comeback gigs. I swear that two of the five members of five or two of the members of s club seven played in exeter whilst we were there i'm fairly certain that I know, there was definitely a time that rachel stevens was at the uh, freshers ball right okay yeah. yeah which is maybe like a couple of years after our, our time because we had goldie looking chain we did us. have goldie looking chain which <laughs> sums up exactly good. when we were at university was when goldie looking chain were actually a thing yeah it's so when they were just starting to be on the decline but i think they were still quite good at that point weren't they Oh, they genuinely were genuinely quite funny and enjoyable. They were entertaining, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, Welsh joke rap songs. And we had Chesney Hawks at One Thing. Yeah, who opened and closed with the one and only. Which, to be honest, you do the same thing, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. Have I have <clears throat> I talked on this podcast already about how my granddad met Chesney Hawks last year? Oh, really? As part of, he was on um, Celebrity Antiques Road Trip, get this. And um, Chesney Hawks was the celeb looking around for antiques. And they do a bit of like background on the celeb's life and whatever. And um, Chesney Hawks was like descended from some music hall singer or something. Because um, my granddad's like is the chair of the British Music Hall Society and is an expert in that. And my great granddad was a famous music hall comedian and stuff. It's um, He was called in as the expert to talk about all these songs. And there's like there's a little bit. I think it's probably still on iPlayer. I'll try and find the link. Um, there's a little bit where he chesney hawks goes to some like um like theater and him and my granddad just have this really lovely chat about old music hall songs and he plays the guitar and they sing run rabbit run together and it's really nice it's really that sounds lovely gentle television you know like bake-off it's like that i do like a bit of gentle tv yeah and well according to my granddad chesney hawks is a very nice young man he he does come across as a nice fellow, doesn't he? And, and when we saw him at university, were you there at the thing that he played? I was, yeah. Yeah. He, he seemed nice. He seemed pretty down to earth and happy with playing two times the same song. He played yeah. one other new song of his, didn't he? It yep. was another original, but then the rest of it was all covers, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he covered Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon. 
<laughs> and managed to successfully navigate the fact that it doesn't start where you think it starts on the guitar line, which yeah, you as someone who's been in a lot of shows with amateur bands, everyone fucks up the beginning of Sex on Fire because it yeah. starts on the offbeat and it always catches out the guitarist in the rhythm section. Yeah, um, when great. the whole song kicks in, but he successfully navigated that as you would expect from Chesney Hawks. Yeah, he's a total pro, pro fesh as all hell. Speaking of things that aren't professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a christmas prince 2 hashtag it, project management of <laughs> christmas prince 2 hashtag the only problem with having a bad economy is that we can't put on a christmas play for the kids <laughs> yeah okay so yeah a christmas prince 2 listen listen to this podcast if you listen to last year's um christmas episodes throughout december one of them was a christmas prince which was last year's netflix sensation which this year has been followed up by a christmas prince to the royal wedding so it's they they have used the same cast and the same sets in the same location well well almost the same cast was there someone different the dad is no longer the dad the dad the dad was replaced the dad was dead the dad was replaced. Oh, her dad. Yes. Right. No, I thought you meant his dad. Who at one point they <laughs> they go to like a um a painting of the king of the prince who's now the king's dad, um uh, who yeah obviously was the king and then died um and it basically just looks exactly like Tsar Nicholas of Russia, <laughs> which really made me chuckle. Um, and he's wearing the like sort of Bismarckian royal garb, which is hilarious. Yes, yeah. There's lots of um well, I'll I'll give this film one piece of credit. This is this is what it gets from me. I thought you were um, ending it there. You go, I'll give this film 1 out of 20. We'll I'll go. give this film 1 out of 20. Get in the fucking bin. I hate you. Um, <laughs> Get in the Christmas bin. I'll give it one one bit of credit is that it shows why you shouldn't have a monarchy actually governing your country because one side of it is unbelievably corrupt. Uh the other side of it is so absolutely incompetent that it doesn't realize the obvious corruption and leads the country into financial ruin yeah but also are there any countries in the world or at least in europe where this is supposedly set um that actually have monarchies that actually do any governing i don't like, think is that europe, even a thing in yeah. europe i don't think there are any anymore like, um, that doesn't even happen that doesn't happen in europe anymore <laughs> i don't think there are any monarchies where they actually govern um, obviously, there's a lot of monarchies around still, but they have they're more of a sort of, you know, like a a, a fancy tourist thing. That yeah, like occasionally what we does have. stuff. Yeah, a fancy tourist thing that people claim has power, but if the queen had any real power or actually gave a shit about anything, she'd she'd put her royal foot down and stop Brexit. Well, according to the Sun, uh, so take oh, it that, with a grain of salt. <laughs> Because the Sun is the worst newspaper in the world, and if you work, Never for the, buy if, the sun. if you're listening to the Sun and you work, for, if you're listening to us and you work for the Sun, stop listening to our podcast. I'm if sorry. you're listening to get the out. Sun, you're doing it wrong. If you're listening paper. to the Sun, at least you're not reading it, which is probably a good way of doing it. Yeah, um, yeah, worst worst newspaper in the world. Yeah, um, obviously, as you're a fan of Liverpool FC, as is my father, my dad's family are from Liverpool. So, yeah, that's never yeah, going to fly with us. My mum's side of the family's from Liverpool as well. We're yep. not going to tolerate your bullshit Sun newspaper. Um, yep. Well, they claimed that the Queen supported Brexit in the run-up to the election. They claimed yeah. they had found some hidden documents or something saying the Queen loves loves Brexit. 
because yeah. obviously if we're going to be governed by an unelected German official, it should be our own monarchy. <laughs> it should be our own family, yeah. <laughs> Keep it in the family. <laughs> um, anyway, but so... But is this, is this what... like the, Assuming A Christmas Prince was made by an American studio, is this what they think we do? Is this, is this how they think the English monarchy works? Because it's clearly based on the English monarchy. It's clearly like... Aldovia is given the name of an like an Eastern European sounding country, but it's basically an English country. Like it's like Hampshire, an isn't country, it? So it's basically Hampshire. <laughs> the the Although, nation of Hampshire. At one point, they talk about how Aldovia has seven provinces, but there's only one airport that's called Aldovia Airport. <laughs> each each province is just a street. Um, yeah. Um, I, like, do well, they, do I think, they think that the Queen is involved in like our economic policy and stuff? Well, she is always talking about our economic policy. So when she opens Parliament and when she gives her Christmas speech and stuff like that, she always sounds very important. And she always refers to it as my ministers have are going to do this and everything like that. Like if you look at, it's quite funny actually. If you look at the the um, the 2016 uh, Queen's speech at the opening of Parliament, where she's uh, talking about aus- speech, yeah. she's talking about austerity and saying, you know, we shall we shall lead this country on the right path through austerity measures, while she's sitting on a giant golden throne. <laughs> yeah, um, I know the que- the Queen's speech is is hilarious because it's something. The Queen's speech is something else. It's where like basically for those outside the UK who aren't aware of our stupid traditions and nonsensical customs and whatever the queen makes a speech is it once a year yes yeah once a year to open parliament um and set and basically the ministers and the governing the government basically write the script for her and tell her all the policies that they're going to enact and she basically just reads them out so you you often get hilarious stuff like yeah she's sitting on this giant golden throne going and we will have a new policy to tackle psychoactive drugs and stuff like that which is just hilarious Yes, we we must live within our means. Look at my golden throne and my giant crown with one of the biggest diamonds in the world. Yeah. Fun fact for you. I visited the Houses of Parliament and um, behind the Queen's giant throne, um, that's where when the cleaners are feeling a bit lazy, they just store the Henry the Hoover. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's a little <laughs> gap enough. back there and there's a little Hoover behind it. Isn't there also like a secret toilet behind the Speaker's chair? Where John Burkow goes to take a take a wee. Isn't that just the House of Lords? Like, oh, is that just the House of Lords? Yeah, House of Commons. Fun fact for you: This is particularly, you know, American listeners. If you don't know much about, basically, um, you know, National Lampoon's Animal House. That's basically <laughs> our Parliament, and it's the, the two fraternities of the House of Commons and the House of Lords, and they're always pranking each other. Tell so the House go, of Commons, they always go, go and they they always go and wee all over the House of Lords. Yeah. Um, Kevin Bacon's always there for no reason, <laughs> apart from to be Kevin Bacon. Just like how he's always on our TV screens advertising mobile phones for no reason. <laughs> yes, indeed. God bless him. God bless our <laughs> bacon. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, so Aldovia. I think. I think you know, from a surface level, it does look as though the Queen does something in our yeah. country, and it looks as though like the the her her grandkids do stuff and her kids do stuff and things like that even though in reality they don't so it's easy to understand that people might be like oh yeah well you know we can have a we can have a monarchy that's you know actually governing the country in aldovia yeah now that you've sort of contextualized it by talking about the queen's speech actually i can i can completely understand why people think that the royal family are actually involved in our economic policy 
But as th- this movie shows, if they were, it would be a disaster. <laughs> well, yes. And like, I, I, I did find it funny that, um, that yeah, the, the economic policies that he's introducing, it's kind of like Aldovia first, for one thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, you know, it's nice that they're actually building infrastructure and building schools and stuff like that. Although it's funny because when you first visit Aldovia, you never get a sense that it's a country of any hardship whatsoever. It's like visiting a Christmas village. Yeah, they've got yellow American cabs. They've got nice bars and stuff. They've got big fancy forests. They have got wolves, which is a bit of a problem. Yeah, yeah. Because in the first one, well, I had to look it up because I, well, basically, I was so confused by a lot of the characters that I had to go back and look at the plot of the first film. I wasn't going to watch the first film again, but I read that I, it was so forgettable that I'd just forgotten about any of it. See, until you mentioned it, I didn't even notice that her dad had been replaced with a different actor. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they made the goatee comment. Right. Is, oh yeah. So they were they were making a joke about it. Okay. They that, were making that, a joke about fine. it. Yeah. That's which is funny. fine. Yeah. It was the one funny bit of the film. Apparently in the first one there was like a a wolf attack scene. And I don't even remember that. Yeah, they went out for a ride or something like that or she snuck out somewhere and then she was going to get attacked by wolves and then the prince turned up and was all like, "Get away, wolves." Yeah. If I remember correctly. Like uh, what? The, they've never seen that in a big famous prince and princess film before, have we? No, that's yeah. never happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this movie's a weird one, right? Because it's called the Royal Wedding, and the Royal Wedding consists of about five minutes of the runtime. Yeah, which is five minutes too many. Which is five minutes too many. They they should have called it a Christmas Prince Two: Corruption in Government. Yeah. Like, if they'd genuinely kind of gone really, really deep into the Aldovian cor- corruption and made it a sort of, like, th- royal family thriller thing, that could have actually been really funny and really hilarious as well. Yeah, and, and but instead it's just dealt with on the most basic surface level possible, which is kind of what you ex- accept and expect from this movie, really, isn't it? You don't expect them to do anything in-depth or do research or anything like that. No, there's no depth at all whatsoever. They basically said, there's going to be a wedding. What random obstacles can we throw in the way to get an hour and a half's worth of film? Or it was longer than that, wasn't it? It was like an hour and 40? Yeah, a little bit over an hour and a half. Felt quite long. Like What what sort of stuff can we dig up? Oh yeah, corruption in the government. His evil guy from the first film coming back and actually being a good guy, which I didn't expect, to be fair. Um, random evil lord who is the one behind everything who appears in only like two scenes. Yeah, done. Yeah, when 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 evil lord turns up, it's like so obvious that he is the evil one. Yeah, yeah, like immediately, like oh yeah, he's the guy behind the corruption. He's the reason why they're losing money. Um, but but the the framing of this film is so skewed and so weird. So so Aldovia is going through a financial crisis because they've implemented these policies, um, and for some reason it's leading to lots of people losing their jobs. Yeah, and um, it's like they can't work out why. <laughs> yeah, just, and they're like, oh, I don't ludicrous. know why. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know where all the money's going. Where has all the money gone? Um, See, you, so, you wouldn't be surprised if our government did that, if our Tories said, basically, we don't know where anything's going, but instead they, they're just perniciously blaming everything on the poor and vulnerable, which is very, very different, which is what would really happen. Yeah, well, isn't that basically Tory policy at the moment anyway? Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, in re- the, the the most unrealistic thing about this about this movie is that the the old selfish white guy siphoning off money from the government isn't being lauded by the far right of that country. 
Yeah, exactly. They're not being like, oh, this is just good, good strategy. It encourages competition. In reality, everyone would have been on board with Lord Douchebag's plan. Yeah. Um, and and the moment that um, the future queen says anything about it, they mean like, well, what's the problem? That's that's how government works. Yeah, get over it, American lady. Yeah. Well, who are you to judge, American <laughs> woman, about yeah. dodgy business practices in government? Yeah. Then all the bars in Aldovia, they'd be like, American woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so it's a bit of a strange one where it's it, it basically like, oh, yeah, well, let's, let's have a look at this kind of corruption. But, but the way that it frames it isn't that they care that people are going through economic hardship <laughs> whatsoever. No. They, give, they clearly do not care about the poor people of Aldovia. To its credit, it really tries to get that point across, but it does it in such a clumsy way that it's just hilarious. So they're all sitting around at Christmas and reading Christmas cards sent to them by the people. And the the mum, the, ma- the matriarch queen, former queen, is reading out one that mentions the economic hardship. And the, the, the noble prince who's sitting at the piano says read it again i want to hear about the hardship and they're all like oh that's not very festive but he's like because he's a good king who's in touch with his people he wants to hear about it as he's very very good yeah um as if those wouldn't have already been screened before they reached the royal family yeah but (laughs) by the uh by the chauffeur guy who's somehow a cockney yeah yeah cockney chauffeur fella who is also like advisor and everything else yeah so, so in, uh, other than that, I mean, this movie is an absolute mess. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, it is. It is bad. It is worse than the first one. Like it's, it's. You'd think it, it follows quite a logical pattern in creating drama and tension. Here's the wedding. Here are some obstacles. Fine, but they all sort of come in the wrong order and at the wrong time. And it's all like, here's a bit of one, and here's a bit of the other, and they don't all seem to join up. Yeah, and and it's an unbelievably frustrating film to watch as well. Um, I don't know if you felt that, but every time that they put something in the way of progress, I just got so irritated with it. Particularly yeah. the scenes where she's trying to do a wedding and the wedding planner is is being all like, I'm a gay man from India. Oh, really? You, did you think that he's gay and from India? I didn't yeah, get that from I didn't him get, at all. It was very yeah. subtly done. It definitely <laughs> wasn't overdone in the slightest. Um, yeah. And, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't cartoonish or anything. No, it definitely wasn't cartoonish. But yeah, whenever whenever he was on screen and whenever the advisor woman, I've forgotten her name, the the, the old woman who's... Mistress Avril? Something like that. Which Mistress just made me think of Avril Levine. She <laughs> was not name. a skater boy. No. Um, and whenever there was that dynamic, it really made me angry because it was just so frustratingly bad. And it felt like a dumb movie from about 20 years ago where she yeah. would not where she's going oh i can't make any of these decisions because the decisions are being made for me by other people um it almost felt like a worse version and you won't hear me say this very often it felt it felt like a worse version of one of the official real royal wedding movies we watch it's something like the princess diaries or something like that well it was it was like harry and meghan or um Oh, right. Kate, the movie. It felt like one of those, but somehow more irritating and worse. Though that's the thing. It, it clearly looked at that market and said, that's the people we're appealing to. But we don't just want to go, oh, the only thing on here is surface, like, oh, it's so hard to be a royal when I'm an ordinary person. Because they kind of, well, they didn't they, they didn't quite do that in the first one. But that, that was basically, it felt like they were trying too hard not to do that. But it still did that anyway. 
yeah, this time round, they've really gone on board with it's hard to be a normal human being and be a royal at the same time. Yeah. Um, but they've also gone down the route of saying it's really hard to be a royal because making decisions is hard. Yeah. I don't know what to do about the economic situation. I'm just an American lady. Well, no, she's she's full of brilliant ideas. She's like, hey, I ran a diner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ran the books in a diner. I know how to fix your struggling economy. Yeah, it's exactly the same as running a country with seven provinces and one airport. Whereas um, whereas Matey Boy, our king, is all like, this is so hard. It's like, well, maybe you should appoint some economic experts or maybe yeah. introduce democracy into your country, mate. <laughs> maybe you should appoint some economic experts like your cousin Simon. Who, who loves cryptocurrency. Can, thinks he's going to save your country with Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I, that genuinely made me laugh out loud when he Aldovia mentioned cri- coin. cryptocurrency. Yeah. That is hilarious. That that did make me laugh. I thought that was a good little nod. And when he was involved in the like the plan to bring the to find to deal with the corruption and stuff, I really thought he was going to suddenly out of nowhere just become some massive like Bitcoin hacker who was going to like hack the currency and use that to expose the corruption, and it would go down this really kind of spooks esque route. But it sort of tried to do that in a really clumsy way. But of course, little um. Princess Emily is the is the hacker who has appeared to be doing some hacking in JavaScript. She is Mr. <laughs> Robot. Um, yeah. they, it, they make a Mr. Robot joke. It is it is genuinely one of the most cringeworthy things I've seen all year. The hacking scenes and and it, it, in a way that was part of the most enjoyable bit of the film for me. Yeah, like and, that and was it, silly enough to be funny. To be yeah, to be yeah, genuinely funny. Yeah, the the moments where Princess Emily and evil uncle man or evil ne- evil cousin evil he's cousin a, he's cousin simon is the cousin yeah cousin simon where cousin they were simon. on screen and basically emily would turn around every go every so often and go you're a butthead uh, and that's what it boils down to is he'd say something snarky she'd say you're a stupid butthead yeah uh, and, and that was always funny in a dumb kids movie kind of way it's the kind of thing that you'd watch when you're eight years old and be like oh yeah ha 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 he is a butthead yeah like a, a guy who knows bitcoin but can't hack Buckcoin. Buckcoin. <laughs> um it yeah, and, and so all of that was dumb, but at least it was dumb in an enjoyable way. For sure. Yeah. Her her little like cutting lines about people were always quite always quite enjoyable. I want a a Princess Emily standalone movie. Yeah. Yes. The the spin off, the Princess Emily Diaries. Yes. I want that would be amazing. Yeah. She yeah, she's clearly gonna get with the handsome Timmy or whatever his name is. The guy <laughs> handsome Timmy. <laughs> The guy who she was, the teenager she was trying to romance in the play where they yeah, there's a little bit other. of a, a little bit of a young romance going on here, which was you know sort of earnest and sweet. Yeah, it, it was quite sweet, wasn't it? Yeah, and that yeah, they're hanging out at the royal wedding, which is which is always fun for them. That's nice. Yeah, so we're, I'm interest, more interested in where that their relationship's going to go because you know will it last through the turbulent high school years? I don't know what the school or college system is like in Aldovia. No, you know? well, it seems as though they don't have any schools, do they? Yeah. <laughs> when you reach a certain age you're out on your own that's the other thing as well like they're in when they're rehearsing for the play they're in school uniform so it's like as if she goes to school but she's also just hanging out in the palace all the time as if she doesn't go to school yeah and and the entire point of the first movie is that the the queen to be sneaks in pretending to be a tutor yeah Exactly. So has she, is she suddenly going to school? Yeah, well, she's going to a school with a very, very nice theatre that has theatre workers who go on strike, so... Yeah. They, they must have okay schools. <laughs> I mean, they must have good schools. Yeah. 
I love the how generic all the stuff about strike action is as well. It's just like all of the workers in the whole country are going on strike because Aldovia is so massively unionized, but also so backward that they can't work out their corruption and, and stuff. I, I so have weird. heard that 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 monarchies and unions often go hand in hand, <laughs> and that dictatorships <laughs> often allow really strong unions to yeah. take action. I mean, look at France. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what France is like. They they have kings and queens, and you've they got, don't cut their heads off or anything. You've got King Macron at the moment, and you've <laughs> yeah. got all the strike action. That's exactly how it works. King Emmanuel Macron, he's very close to the unions. He's, he, yeah. go, he goes out on the streets wearing his crown. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? And, and I think it's worth mentioning that at the end of this movie, it's clear that literally everyone is going to have sex with somebody else. Yeah, yeah, of course. As soon as Everybody like, her dad, up. Cheeky Rudy from New York, who owns a diner that it's not clear who's looking after it while he's away. <laughs> Rudy, hey, I'm walking here, diner man. <laughs> yeah. I'm from but, Brooklyn. I'm going to yeah. talk like I'm from Brooklyn yeah. the entire time. Just call me Rudy. My name is Rudy Moore. Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> and at first I was like, is he going to bang the queen? Is he going to bang the governess <laughs> he, was, he was definitely like, going to bang somebody. The he's moment just like he flirting with screen, everyone. The moment he's, he appeared on screen, he was like, this guy is going to bang someone in this movie. He's a liability. <laughs> He's definitely not the kind of person you want in any kind of complex, tentative royal situation. But obviously, his true love was the on- literally the only like European character in the whole thing, which was the chef. Yes, yeah. So, so um, chef he, Ivanka Trump. So, so, <laughs> so, so the chef. She. Um, she has a sort of love hate relationship with him at the beginning, but it's clear that obviously they've they're gonna have sex at some point it's, yeah you know it did, just depends on whether it happens have here. a little smooch at the end of the wedding or is it it's all i don't just think in... anybody smooched apart it's really from it's King all just Queen. kind of irritatingly implied isn't it yeah it's all just implied so you've got those two then you've got um evil simon and queen's best friend which um, by the way would never ever happen because her best friend is like a glamorous like cool person from New York, and he's clearly like an English creep who like, <laughs> Bitcoin creep. Yeah, a, a Bitcoin creep who also somehow likes rugby and goes to a lot of rugby. You know, <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy. You know, opposites attract and everything. <laughs> then you, then you've got yeah. um, gay stereotype one and gay stereotype two. Yeah, um, they're because the get film together. is really really wants to insist that it's like really inclusive and stuff by having by having the, two the o- cutouts the only two gay men in the film get together at the end yes because one of them is seen as being really kind and supportive and the other is seen as being unbelievably self-centered so obviously because they're both gay that negates all of that kind of character yeah. stuff yeah her, um, like, her friend from new york like as far as you know, until the wedding, they've never even seen each other. They know nothing about each other. And Sahil, the designer, is looking at the cake, and like New York, New York man comes up, and he's like, "Oh, your cake would have been better." When have you seen his cake? <laughs> well, exactly. Um, and then, so who else? Who else is going to get together? Oh, the two, the two e- vaguely ir- not evil, but irritating support people, uh, uh, Mistress Avril, Avril and, and Guy, Cockney chauffeur, Guy, and and then you've got. Um, You've got uh, Princess Emily and Handsome Timmy. We've t- Princess we've Emily and Handsome Timmy, and then you've also got Queen and uh, Aid to um, American Princess 
as well, where it's kind of hinted at the end that they're going to get together. Oh, like, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So literally everybody's going to bang somebody. Yeah, it's terrible. Why? Why can't some people just enjoy a wedding and have fun? Not everyone has to couple up. It's not. It's like it's fucking Love Island. It is Love Island. <laughs> it's lo- Love Island on the snow in a landlocked country. It's yeah, yeah. Love Mountain. <laughs> Love Mountain. Oh my god! Seriously, if ITV, if you are listening. Love Mountain, that would be <laughs> we, so good. We, I, I think Love Mountain would probably be better than Love Island. I mean, the only thing would be that they wouldn't be able to show a load of fit young people in very little clothing because everyone would want to be wrapped up. Well, no, but, no, you no, know, that's you what jacuzzis are for. Is to have a lot of like outdoor saunas and pools yeah, and stuff. Yeah, where they the have to like run, run like naked that. for a little bit outside the house before they plunge into the jacuzzi. So you can titillate quite a lot with that, I reckon. Yeah, you could you could definitely do a Love Island Christmas spin-off called Love Mountain. Yeah. Where it's like an a, a retreat in the Alps or the Pyrenees. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to trademark that right now. Yeah, and they obviously none they only one or two of them have done skiing before and they're really good at it and the rest of them are rubbish at it and it's really funny. There'd be some broken bones in there, some humiliating ice challenges. And then yeah, they could all couple up and get it on in the saunas. That's yeah, all you there need. we go. That that's that's ITV's Christmas programming sorted now. Yeah, I know they've got a month to sort it out, or less than a month now. <laughs> yeah. Well, how hard could it be to pull that kind of show together? All you, it probably doesn't even cost that much. I reckon they made a fortune off of Love Island. All you need is the location. So it'll be some fancy rich person who will lend you their big like mountain house if you pay them a lot of money, and find some some gullible preening tossers from the public. You're done. <laughs> yeah. I see you have a lot of faith in the general public, Paddy. <laughs> no, I, I certainly do. I mean, I just think a lot of them would want to be on Love Mountain. It wouldn't be hard to find people, is all I mean. I mean, I would be on Love Mountain. Would you? But I would literally be there just to hang out in a sauna all day and chill out yeah. in the snow and eat fondue. That actually sounds really nice. I'd turn up and they'd yeah. be like, Rob, this is who your partner's going to be. It's like, sorry, mate, don't no. care. I'm going to go eat some fondue and just shovel it into my mouth with my hands, not even bother with the bread and sticks. Just here for the fondue, mate. You just pick up the whole pot. (laughs) (laughs) Drinking it, drinking it like a soup bowl. While you're on skis, just going down the mountain, drinking out of this fondue pot. (laughs) Dear listeners, if this is what you'd like to see from your love mountain, let us know. Yeah, we need yeah, we need to crowdsource the thing, obviously. We need to do some some important user testing, consumer insight. Yeah, market research. Whatever. Market research. Yeah. The market's yeah, it's gonna be slightly different from Love Island, I reckon. It might attract people who are more interested in winter sports if we go heavily on the winter sports angle. Yeah. I, I and I reckon we could definitely tie into the festive nature of it all. Yeah. You have like the kissing under the mistletoe and stuff like that. Yeah, we could get the. Uh, if you did it in Austria, you could have the Krampus, the Austrian Christmas beast. Yes, yeah, we could definitely tie that in. So when people get voted off, Krampus comes and just drags them off and murders them <laughs> and chucks like, them in a bag, throws them in a cave. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, I'm I'm on board with this. Let's do it. That's this. This sounds far better than a Christmas Prince Two Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, I'd much much rather watch watch that. Um. So so in terms of. A Christmas Prince Part Two, Breaking Dawn, Part Two, um, <laughs> New Moon. <laughs> um, so, so the, there's very little romantic substance to this film. It almost feels as though there's less chemistry this time when they see each other than when they first met in the first movie. 
Yeah, it feels like because all that was done in the first film, they don't need to do it anymore. It's it's not this film is not a romance at all. It's not a romantic plot in any way, and the fact that a bunch of characters flirt and then sort of are implied that they get together at the end does not count. That's just background stuff. It's a story of that a, a wedding is going to happen, but some stuff in the stupid made-up country is going to get in the way. It's 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 like a it's a dilemma plot almost, isn't it? Or a kind of yeah, an obstacle, a standard obstacle triumph over adversity monster kind of plot. It's not a romance at all. It's yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I'm gonna say about it. Yeah. It's bad. That's giving it too much credit, suggesting that there's that kind of structure in there because it basically just fumbles along with a load of nonsense until it reaches the end of the movie. Oh no, that's completely fair. I'd agree with that. I I, I did not enjoy this. I, I didn't really you know, I didn't enjoy a Christmas Prince part one. I, I was not a fan. But this is much worse. Yeah, I don't know if enjoy is the right word. I mean, I, yeah, I enjoyed it in a way that some of it is sort of quite silly, and it's. But this one is less self-aware than the first one, I think. Well, I, I think it's self-aware, but it's self-aware in the wrong way. Yeah. Um. And and whereas whereas Harry and Meghan kind of jump the shark and deliberately try to be as silly as possible. The this, baby shark. This. <laughs> don't you dare. Um. <laughs> this. Um. This fails in that regard whereas i think it tries to and i think there's elements to it where it does try and play up to it but whereas the first one it's it managed to be that kind of pastiche of hallmark movies with a little bit of a knowing side to it but it managed to retain that warmth of hallmark movies where you can feel cozy watching it like you know it's bad but you're still like oh yeah well i feel i feel a little pang of comfort when it's over mainly Um, because most of like 90 percent of those hallmark movies or 90 percent of the shots in those movies are in someone some rich american person's incredibly nice living room that's really tastefully decorated <laughs> yes yeah um but but where and, and and like there's that nice sort of like romantic oh yeah you know it's just a movie about two people getting together whereas this it doesn't have that same sense of comfort and that same sense of warmth to it um and and part of that comes down to the fact that it's a sequel to that movie and and nobody wants to see the bit after the romance has ended do they no 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 one wants to see the bit after they've had that dramatic kiss in the rain because that's where normal life happens and that's where small conflicts happen um which you overcome through um cooperation and things like that um yeah i guess you could say it's about the narcissism of minor conflict isn't it yes yes exactly that is that is a very concise way of i mean that's the tagline they should use on the movie really (laughs) a christmas prince too the narcissism of minor conflict it doesn't quite have the same ring to it i like it more it sounds like it's directed by Werner herzog um so <laughs> oh can you imagine if it was all like in black and white and it was just had Werner herzog describing everything over the top i would <laughs> Werner herzog we know you're listening you yeah. love our podcast um get in touch with netflix to do a christmas prince 3 please i really want you to do one of the christmas prince movies that'd be so good or maybe he could direct love mountain he could direct Love Mountain. That would be really good. I'd love to have him narrating over a reality TV piece of tripe. Yeah. And like having ownership over a reality TV piece of tripe. That would be so good. And that's, that would actually be a really Werner Herzog thing to do because he's had it such would. an interesting, weird career. And he's done, every time you think he's going to go in one direction, he does another thing. Like now he's doing a documentary under the sea or in caves or whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I want, I want that. And I reckon he'd be up for it. 
What about David Lynch's Christmas Prince? Oh, hell yeah. It would just be like they they're, when they're sneaking around the um there's a bit where they're sneaking to try and get find out information and they're literally like farcically sneaking from left to the right and you can see down the corridor which was just so stupid but in that scene they'd go into a room and they'd just be like a the cockney guy would just be milking a cat and he's like all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah they just um they just walk into into a room and they see their complete doppelgangers out of nowhere who then just melt into the ground and then they just keep walking as if nothing had happened and then it cuts to lord leopold standing in the snow wearing like just these sort of metal pants with an eagle on the front (laughs) let's do it come on come on david lynch (laughs) christmas prince three yeah, he's not up to much. Like this is the only place that the Christmas pr- place, the Christmas Prince, Jesus Christ, Christmas Prince franchise could go is to just go really weird with number three because you know they're going to do it. You know, next year it's going to be like the sort of post wedding. It's hard to be royal film, but they're either going to go completely generic and just be, go like, oh, the press are hounding me, la la la, kind of stuff, or they're going to be go like really really deep down the cryptocurrency route or really into the politics stuff it's like <laughs> cryptocurrency route come on that's what i yeah, want that's that's what you like i want i want a really in-depth look at cryptocurrency yeah Pros i and want Al- aldovia blockchain that's what i want yeah you just it's just like an hour and a half of government meetings <laughs> That's what I want out of my Christmas Prince three. No, cousin, they're, they're... cousin Simon just explaining Bitcoin to a bunch of like old European blokes. That, just really, that would really be bored. so good. He's just there in a cabinet meeting explaining it to all of yeah. the unelected weirdos who form out over his cabinet. A room um, full of like bored looking Jean Claude Juncker types. <laughs> um, you could even employ a load of um, British MEPs because they're not going to be doing anything soon, yeah, are they? <laughs> It's not like they're up to much. No, um, but yeah, especially so, if they're the UKIP ones who, take well, they literally did nothing grand a year anyway. and don't show up. Yeah, um, but yeah, so um, it, yeah, they're not going to do anything interesting with the third one. If if this movie does well enough to warrant them doing a part three, it'll be more of the same. It'll be more boring, middle of the road nonsense. Yeah. I don't know. There's no way to really know how well these kind of films are doing, is there? Like Netflix doesn't really release its figures on streaming or they don't sort of do. Do Netflix films have the same kind of making budget back stuff? I don't actually I've never really looked into it, to be fair. Um, they do not generally disclose it. And, and, and that's become part of a talking point around um, Netflix has cancelled a lot of Marvel series of late the most recent one being the shocking cancellation of daredevil which was doing incredibly well i heard Um, yeah and um basically the viewing figures are only discovered via leaks they're they're not regularly available um and so it's led to a lot of speculation lots of people think that you know disney's doing their own streaming service and they're blatantly just taking all this stuff off because a it weakens a competitor and b it allows them to then do their own stuff which is going to be less interesting and boring much like whenever disney makes a marvel movie yep um i'm sorry but, but disney would not have made tom hardy's venom they would never have had a scene where Tom Hardy jumps into a lobster tank to cool off. That sounds great. And then eats a raw lobster. It's fucking amazing. I, <laughs> listeners, I highly recommend you watch Venom. That that it it is one of the most entertaining movies I've seen all year. It's really good, and it's that it's got that kind of weirdness that Disney never lets happen. Right. 
um much like the 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 fox um owned x-men movies have these really weird moments and and that's one of the reasons why i don't want disney to get the rights to the x-men is because they would never let that crazy stuff happen disney would never let the stupid dance scene in spider-man 3 happen that's where, a great scene yeah they would never let anybody do that kind of stuff with their film particularly if it's a if it's a well-known um if it's a well-known character or a well-known property, like they let um, they let people do whatever the hell they wanted with Guardians of the Galaxy, for instance, um, because they knew, hey, no one really knows this, so let's let James Gunn do what he wants. Yeah, um, but, but not something anymore. Like, but something like X Men or something like you know Daredevil is a very well-known superhero. When Disney inevitably makes their own movie or whatever, now that Netflix isn't going to be making any more, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be as dramatic. It's not going to be as dark or as tense. Yeah, so you're saying that a Christmas Prince three just isn't going to be as good because you know they won't they won't let Werner Herzog do what he wants. They to do would with never it. let Werner Herzog get his hands on a Christmas Prince three. No, they they might let Darren Aronofsky do it if you're lucky. It's just going around shouting Queen, yeah, <laughs> Queenie, Queenie, <laughs> and lots of very very crashingly loud music. Like Aldovian brass bands just but marching into every scene. The, the next one is going to be, and take a record of this, because if I'm wrong, fair play, call me out on it, but it's going to be a royal pregnancy or a royal baby. Oh, God, yeah. And even though I am going to become a father and I'm feeling very, very sentimental and I see things with babies in right now, I, don't, still, don't, I still don't want that. I don't want to see that. No. Unless the baby is a Krampus. <laughs> yeah the baby the baby comes out as some kind of demonic beast and it turns yeah. out that the reason that aldovia has managed to maintain this monarchy for how many years is because they've had to deal with demons for so long and that the firstborn is always a demon child that gets taken away the following night yeah that that would actually be a really interesting horror film i'd i'd watch that i'd watch that um yeah but i don't think that's the route that a christmas prince three the royal baby is going to go down yeah a christmas prince three krampus baby <laughs> Christmas Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's just uh, it feels cheap compared to the original. Even like the opening title sequence had very cheap graphics. And I what what annoys me as well about this movie, and it's a very long list of things that annoys me about this film. <laughs> let's be Don't honest. hold back. Um I really don't like that they seem to have nothing seems to have happened in this year. So she's still blogging about um, surely someone from Aldovia would have been like, hey, you probably shouldn't do this anymore. But they wait until an entire year later where she suddenly gets taken by surprise. Yeah, she's waiting for the governess to tell her off about it. Yeah, it's really strange. It's like, surely all of these things, and, and at least that's something about the pacing of the Harry and Meghan movie or the Wills and Kate movie that makes more sense is that they establish that immediately afterwards. Yeah. But the um the also as well when she's like there's one scene where you see her blogging and her site is just called like Amber's blog or whatever and like and she claims to make a living from it. Good That's SEO, yeah. Fucking nonsense. Nobody makes a living from their own personal blog talking about nonsense unless you actually are a queen to be of Aldovia in which case fine. But it's implied that she was kind of making her living before that anyway. Well, and pre- it's just previously that all the, she the attention was... to detail on that stuff is just nonsense. Previously, she was writing for somebody else, wasn't she? They, they've yeah. kind of just forgotten what happened in the original movie. She worked with her two friends at Celebrity Tittle Tattle magazine or whatever it yeah. was. Which is actually the name that is given to one of the mags where like the governor sits them down, her down and gives her a bollocking for it's, yeah, appearing in the press. Celebrity Tittle Tattle. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, yeah, she um, used to work for Girl Crush or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, Girl Crusher. Girl Crusher. Um, Crusher. That, that's what it's called in, in Bojack, isn't it? Girl Crush. Yeah. The website yeah. That, that Diane works for. With three um, O's. Yes. Yeah, it, it, and they've kind of just completely forgotten about that. So it seems as though their their um, publication has gone under in the meantime, which, you know, yeah. at least that's realistic because they were probably taken in by Facebook's um, fake uh, statistics about video advertising anyway. Much yeah, like so every other her, her, friend is, her male friend is working as a night guard and her female friend is unemployed and living with her parents. For Both of them can afford to fly to Aldovia from New York. I guess she paid, didn't she? I imagine that she probably paid for them being yeah. the, the queen to be of Aldovia. Yeah, but that bit was actually the only sort of thing that was economically realistic about how after the mag folded, yes, probably one of your friends would be working as a night guard and the other one would be unemployed. Yes, yeah. That was much more realistic than the incredibly important economic situation in Aldovia, which at which the kind of saving and finding out about the corruption came down to one drunk sort of Bob Crow-esque bloke in a bar who'd lost his job. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for pointing us in the right direction of these companies. Yeah. And we then see him in his like small house hugging his wife because that basically after the corruption that is found out and they they immediately obviously get all their money back from the evil lord. He's like, "I'm basically going to do the most left-wing ever thing ever and just give everyone money, which would never happen either." But <laughs> yeah, it's like, I did yeah, like he that. basically uses it to kind of set up basic income and I'm just like, "Yeah, fucking do it, man." Yeah, yes, I love I love that. That was really good. I mean, the obvious thing to do would be if your country's facing economic turmoil is not to have an incredibly expensive wedding at Christmas time. Yeah. <laughs> but nah. No. The wedding actually didn't look that expensive. To, no, to but you fair. think about all of the money that they will have spent on it by that point. You know, string quartets don't cost as much as rock bands. And also, the, the DJ, there wasn't even a DJ, it was just Princess Emily's mixtape. And the speakers, it was just two small speakers on a table. I mean, that's quite a cheap PA. That is that is exec- exactly what you expect from a royal wedding, isn't it? Yeah, and it, there wasn't that many people there either, you know? They're using their own palace, their own venue. They don't have to pay for a venue. It's already there. I think it's actually probably a cheap wedding. Well, I, I was thinking more of the amount of money they'd already spent on the stereotype to make the wedding for them. And oh, all, of, yeah. all of the things that he had been doing for them will have cost an absolute fortune. Yeah, you can't find someone who's that cartoonishly gay and Indian for for small change. For a can small you? amount of money, can you know? Um, which was, yeah, I, I, I did not like this movie. And her I dress looked like, like a bin bag. It was like it was all shiny and weird, and it had like a granddad collar. Rubbish. I did have a granddad collar. That's what it's actually called—a granddad collar. Yes, yeah. Which is a great term. Yeah, I love a good granddad collar shirt. And she and it was just as well. The dialogue was much more plot tellingy as well, which was really annoying. Like there's one point where she's kind of blogging at the beginning, and she goes, "Despite all this, I'm still me." And you're like, "I wonder. Well, I wonder what's going to happen." Is it going to be about how she can still be herself while being the queen? But they kind of almost like are saving that for the next film, aren't they? Because this one decided to go down the cryptocurrency corruption basic income route. Yeah, so next time round, yeah, they're going to have to cover a little bit of that. And then she's going to have to get pregnant. Yeah. What else is going to happen? And she says stuff like, I can't get over the fact that this is going to be my home. And life in a fishbowl takes getting used to. Like, it's just, it's just so stupid. And also, why are they all wearing flat caps? <laughs> Nobody wears fucking flat caps. 
They are the official hat of Aldovia, or have you know? Like both cousin Simon and King Richard at various points spend long scenes wearing flat caps that literally hide their whole heads and make them look bald. They're awful. They're just trying to live up to the regular royal family of this country. What it's bald and of... awful? <laughs> well, they often wear flat caps, don't they? I swear I've seen Wills. Yeah, all Wills the time. In a flat cap. I saw Prince Charles just the other day walking out the butchers with a pound of sausage meat under his arm, heading towards the bookies in his flat cap. <laughs> but but they do wear them, don't they? I've seen, I swear I've seen them wearing flat caps. They blatantly just took a couple of pictures of them and were like, oh yeah, well the, the British royals wear flat caps, so we'll chuck flat caps on them and it looks all Only looks when all they're Christmas out in 1950s-y. Balmoral, chasing down sentient beings to shoot them for fun. Like that's the only time I see them wearing flat caps. And that's the national sport of Aldovia. What do you think happened to all the unemployed people? You notice there's only about 10 of them complaining. Yeah. And all the wolves as well. Yeah. What they do is they release... That's why people are so scared about becoming unemployed in Aldovia, is that when you're unemployed in Aldovia, there's no welfare state. The welfare state is you get captured by the Aldovian police, put in the dungeon. By the way, Aldovia's castle has a dungeon. Yeah, um, oh, that's that like a running joke throughout the whole film. I'm going to put you in the dungeon. There's not really a dungeon. Oh, no, there is a dungeon. There is a dungeon, which which is quite scary. Why why does this <laughs> monarchy have a dungeon? Yeah. They don't have any police. The people, it's just two servants who take the 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 um the lord down to the dungeon at the end. Who's yeah. is there like a torturer down in the dungeon? Is he just left down there to die? Maybe. Well, they, they it's not a welfare state so much as a welfare state. <laughs> but yeah, so what happens is if you're unemployed in Aldovia, right, they take you, they put you in the dungeon for a bit, they make you hungry, and then they release you into the woods. And then you first, the, the first challenge is the wolves. But if the wolves don't get you, the prince does. Because he comes out on his horse, <laughs> rifle in hand, and he and his friends, they hunt down the unemployed. Yeah, no, not not with his rifle, with the bow, with the, with the, the bow, yeah, the bow yeah. that everyone seems to be casually handling. When they when they find out that Lord Leopold is corrupt and he's like, he doesn't even really make an attempt to run away, but it's sort of like they pretend that he does, and then suddenly she's shooting, she's like holding a bow at him, and like, okay, that's incredibly dangerous. I really wanted it to go You're about down. to murder someone. <laughs> yeah, I wanted a Paul Verhoeven moment there where she actually shoots him with the bow, and you see it go through him. Yeah, and there's this really visceral like load of blood goes all over the place and he's screaming on the floor going you shot me with a bow and then the king turns around and goes you just murdered a man you just yeah. murdered a man where's the due process is this what you do in america yeah <laughs> which well which is kind of what they do yeah. <laughs> which yeah i i would have loved that there's all sorts of moments where a little bit of ultra violence could have really improved this film yeah definitely should have had more more wolf attacks more more bow shootings yeah that's what we wanted yeah. <laughs> when I went, when I sit down to watch a Christmas Prince two, I want incredible amounts of violence, and I was disappointed I did not receive it. It was exactly what I was expecting. Do you know what the best bit was? When he go, they they bring her in, and she goes, "This is her. This is your suite," and she goes, "Sweet," <sighs> which is a great joke. They wanted to turn it off there and then. <laughs> and also, they when they go to the pub, it's called the Rose and Crown, like every pub. Like every pub in England, there's no pubs in Eastern Europe called the Rose and Crown, unless they're like kind of horrible English theme pubs. I mean, I do sort of think why why are they speaking English? 
in Aldovia. Yeah. But I mean, maybe maybe it's all set in about five years' time post Brexit, where where Britain has actually been cut up into all of these different countries. Yeah. Oh, what? Maybe... So you think it's actually sort of it's it's just the West Country? <laughs> yeah. So maybe you know. Britain's been cut up into different different little factions, and Aldovia is one of them. The seven of the counties just become Aldovia. Yeah, J- John John Aldridge, the old Liverpool striker, better known as Aldo. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he he rides down south <laughs> to Hampshire um, with the with the rest of the classic eighties Liverpool team, and <laughs> by force, it. by force, they annex Hampshire and turn it into Aldovia. Aldo the Conqueror. Aldo the Conqueror. <laughs> um, and um, and yeah, so so that's where Aldovia comes from. And then and then um, this royal family are um, are his children. Yeah, it's actually set in the post Brexit future. Yeah, this <laughs> really, is all really this is far all away, really far in the future. You're talking like two hundred years away from now, because it's Brexit. Um, Brexit Britain. There's been no technological advances in our country. Yeah, Either, and America hasn't had much today. either because their economy is still the same because they've still had centuries of neoliberal gun-toting nonsense. After they, they eventually Donald Trump gets impeached. This is the far future story of the Christmas Prince. Um, yep. Donald Trump does get impeached, but America eventually votes Ivanka Trump in. Yeah, um, who seems nicer and more normal. But in reality is just as bad and takes the country back 20 years. Um, and and this happens again and again with every single Trump, so Baron Trump as well. And whenever they think they've made an advancement, everything gets brought back again, which is why America seems the same. And if you look at Europe, Europe is basically just cordoned off America and UK from the rest of the world like plague victims because you can't allow that kind of ideology to seep into the rest of the rest of the world. So everyone else is flying around with jetpacks. Uh, it's like Wakanda. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everything is Wakanda, um, apart from the UK, which is now separated out into um, various different areas. Aldovia, Paul Gascoignovia. <laughs> Paul Gas- Gascovia. <laughs> yeah, Rooneyville. <laughs> Rooneland, Rune it's called. Um, <laughs> the Rooneland. And, and, and one of them um, will be whatever the country's called in our next movie as well. Oh. God, yeah. Which you, you've not? Have you watched it yet? No, I have not. Yeah. Don't spoil it for me. I won't spoil it for you. But you've got another made-up country there, and that's clearly. Oh, for another, God's sake! <laughs> it's clearly, an, it's clearly another one of these. Oh um, Jesus! Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd watch, I'd watch this. It's like Mad Max, but shit. <laughs> Mad Brex. Mad Brex. Bad Brex. Bad Brex. Bad Brex. Yeah. Bad Brex. What are you gonna do? <laughs> What are you going to do when you leave the EU? <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer is not much because we won't have any food yeah. or medicine. <laughs> the answer the answer is fail and die. Yeah. Um so yeah, so so that's that's our alternative take on the Christmas Prince universe. I hope you all enjoyed that. Yeah. There are a lot of different directions that it could go could go in, any of which would be better than this quite bad film yes this is not a good movie i was i was i was not expecting much but i even came away disappointed from what i was expecting out of it yeah i think like the first one is worth watching if you want a bit of cheap fun or a bit of cheap christmas fun when you're full of turkey or whatever or if it's just like a lazy sunday and you can't be asked to watch anything where you have to pay attention but this one yeah is quite frustrating and it's yeah 
plot telling and bitcoining and all the weird stuff and like now there's so many other christmas movies on netflix like there's the new one that's come out where kurt russell plays santa claus oh yeah yeah i thought that keeps popping up i think that looks better than this i'll watch that it's got kurt russell in it for god's sake yeah but i i feel like the the actors are probably okay like it's not necessarily a good reflection on them, especially her. Like I, I feel like she's actually probably quite good. I haven't seen her in anything else, but she is in a baseball movie that came out this year or is coming out at the end of this year, called Brampton Zone. Storyline: A struggling minor league baseball player retires and woefully returns to his small hometown, carefully dodging old wounds until confronted with the one that hurts the most—the girl that got away. That sounds awful, Paddy. It sounds like my shit. Get, get out, get out of it. Uh, on the poster, it's got the guy swinging the bat, and it says, "Find your way home with a bat." Yeah, I mean that that could just be the that could be an alternative poster to the Warriors, really, couldn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then it's got and then it's got a picture of them like holding hands in front of some bleachers. It looks cute. I mean, I think she's fine. I wouldn't say that any of the performances in this are good, and I don't think there's really much of a suggestion in here that there's like a super amount of care behind it apart apart from like the queen queen regent i've seen in other things and she's actually a really good actor in general yeah um and i like princess emily would it surprise you to know that the guy who plays the king is an old etonian (laughs) that that is a shock (laughs) he looks exactly like he went to eton what's funny is that if you look at him and then you compare him to the guy who plays buffalo bill in silence of the lambs there are some similarities (laughs) they've got a similar sort of face to them so if you're ever wanting to do a, a bad rom-com remake of Silence of the Lambs, Netflix, you got your man already locked in. That would I could see that working. <laughs> I think, yeah, you've got a you've got a like love triangle between Buffalo Bill Clarice and Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah. They they can all drink a nice Chianti together. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. Come on, guys. That's what we want. We want rom-com version of Silence of the Lambs. Get on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope that Princess Emily grows up to have a nice career. She's She's got it all ahead of her, hasn't she? Yeah. And and um, there's there's sort of a, a... It's by no means a bad kid actor performance. And I think no. those are very rare, aren't they? Competent child actors are, are a rare thing. I think she's doing well with a very lumpen script, as are yes, all of them, yeah, to be yeah. fair. And yeah, her dad, Rudy Moore, I like I liked him. I thought he was cheeky. He was there. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like someone who you'd have seen in loads of stuff. He looks I, like I'm someone tried his... to clone Gilbert Gottfried and failed. Yeah. I'm looking at his um filmography now and there's nothing in there that I really recognise. Oh, apparently he was he was in an episode of Toast of London. Oh, there we go. I did not recognise him from that. But it's lots of stuff that doesn't have a link to another page, which is not always a good sign. Yeah. Um, it was it was fine. It was there. I, I wouldn't say that there was anybody here that really put in a performance worth writing about. Um, whereas sometimes right. you get these movies where there's someone who's genuinely doing a really good job. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. But I felt I felt like, yeah, the main the, the princess was competent. I'll give her that. Yeah fine you know what i do like is that old the the voice the um the the guy who played rudy's done quite a lot of voice acting work in games yeah i was just looking at that he's done little big planet 3 did horizon zero dawn which is a great game lego city undercover 
say all sorts of all sorts of good stuff. That's cool. I hope his accent never changes. I hope it's always Rudy Moore. Yeah, I, I'll, I'm going to have to find. You know what? I've got. I'm going to have to find this character. I don't recognise the character name from Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, it's, it's, he's got to keep the the Brooklyn accent up. I bet you he owns a diner in real life as well. He seems like that kind of guy. I could imagine that. Yeah. Or at least he frequents diners quite a lot. Yeah, him and Werner Herzog sit down for a burger every few, every now and then. Oh, I'd love that. What, having a burger with Herzog? Well, yes, I would love having a burger with Herzog. And and, and also um, having, having a burger with the guy who played Rudy. I, I would enjoy both of those things. Yeah, he seems like he's got some stories. Yes, yeah. Can you hold on one second? I think my door just got knocked. Go for it. I'll just, I'll just keep talking. While <laughs> <Thank I'm... you. laughs> I'll just keep talking shit. Actually, maybe I won't because I don't know what to say. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't think of anything to say. (laughs) You're just just making trumpet noises. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. There's a little bit of jingle bells in there. Ah, okay, good. I'll leave that in, but yeah, might not. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, there are plenty of trumpets around at Christmas, aren't there? People don't need to come to us to get their trumpets, do they? No, um, and that's something that Lou Bega also appreciates about Christmas, is all of the trumpets. He he owns a thousand trumpets. (laughs) A little bit of trumpet in my life. He, actually, he's the he's the king of trumpets. You know how last week we were talking about how Tom Waits owns all of the stamps? Lou Bega yeah, is like that, but for trumpets. trumpets. So if you buy a trumpet, it has to be approved by Lou Bega. <laughs> the royal trumpet vizier. <laughs> that sounds like a cool job. Yeah, I'd do that. That would be good. I bet the pay's good. Yeah. That would be, yeah, I'd be I'd be fully on board with being the royal trumpet vizier. Um, so, so, um... This movie, have you got anything else to say about it? Only that at one point he there's like a party and then he goes, Oh, there's the Baroness of Frankfurt. And I'm pretty sure there isn't a Baroness of Frankfurt. Or did they just make that up? <laughs> Maybe it's a different Frankfurt. Yeah, uh, yeah, that the Frankfurt in Aldovia, yeah. one of its many provinces. <laughs> Aldovia's Frankfurt. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know that I have anything else to say. I've mentioned the flat caps. Also, when they're um, they're talking to the the Bob Crow man in the bar, she's got her like reporter's notepad open and she's taking notes, and she literally writes the word "fishy" down. <laughs> I love that kind of um, that kind of visual in films, like um, a quiet place. The John Krasinski um, and Emily Blunt horror movie earlier this year. Um, there, there's all of these notes written on a whiteboard in their basement. And it just made me laugh so much when I saw them. It's like, are they blind? They react to noise and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> oh, that film's supposed to be really good. It is. It is pretty good. It's pretty good. But yeah, there's these odd. It's 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 a very. It doesn't do anything you don't expect. Apart from the first the first twenty minutes, there's a real shocking moment. And and when that happened, I was like, oh god, this is going to be really cool. It's going to do loads of unexpected stuff. And then the rest of the movie, it doesn't, and you kind of know exactly what's going to happen for every point of the movie. Um, but it is good. It's a it's a very competent, decent horror movie. Um, but it plays it a bit safe, and it feels quite Hollywoody. 
Um, and, and that's a perfect example of it where John Krasinski at some point in the however many years since the aliens have invaded has gone on the whiteboard. You know what? I better remind myself that they hear stuff really well. <laughs> they hear things. <laughs> oh, dear. But yes, I like I liked that she wrote down fishy. That was nice. Yes, yeah, that was good. Because she's, she's still a journalist. She's still a blogger. I, I'm still me. <laughs> I'm still me. Can't change me. Yeah. All right. Do we do we have trivia, or uh, I think have we covered all of the interesting facts about this film, of which I'm sure there are many. Trivia I've got is that it sucks. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> really? I, I'd never have known that. I'd never have thought. <laughs> That's good trivia. Yeah, but there's probably some other trivia, but I can't be bothered. Does this movie deserve trivia? doesn't deserve trivia and it's also it only came out the other day yeah that's true how are we how are we gonna rate this um mm. Ooh, how, that's a tough how one. many how many annoying people are in your the conga line at your wedding oh yeah that's a good one they do a conga line at the wedding because of course they do yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so my conga line is very, very unpopular. A grand total of three people in it. Oh, uh, you can't even can't even get a proper conga line started. No, there is no conga line at this wedding. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go just a little bit higher and give it a five because I feel like it's not as bad as some of the other films that are very low down. I I didn't hate it, but it's not good enough to really get much higher i didn't find it hateful it was more that it was just frustrating and kind of stupid but yeah some of the performances were okay and they were the odd thing that made me chuckle so all three of my points are for princess emily because she's like a fun character yeah give us the spin-off yeah rudy and princess emily go on an adventure around new york yes i would love that it's like home alone too Yes, yeah, I would I would fully get on board with that. Netflix, if you're listening, dump the rest of them. They're all losers. No one cares about the royal family proper. Give us Rudy. Give us Princess Emily. Recast Rudy again just for continuity's sake. Get in another guy. Make him even more outrageously New York. They're the only um the only good um the only good characters. Yes. Well, that means that this has gone in at third bottom of the chart. <sighs> I feel a bit bad. I don't know whether it is the third worst. What what's what's directly below it then? What's, what's... Bay, Baywatch? You got and, Baywatch and Fifty Shades. Yeah. So yeah, this this averaged out of four. Baywatch was three point five. Fifty Shades two point five. Um, but William and Kate the movie also averaged out of four. So yeah, okay. I can. What, what was so so? What was directly above it? Just so I don't. New Year's Eve averaged four point five. So only slightly ahead. I uh, but I feel like New Year's Eve is worse than this. But mm, I don't know. There's I think of, that's a pretty good placement for it. There's a visceral reaction of irritation to how horribly in, incoherent and cliched New Year's Eve is, isn't there? How how all over the place it is versus this just being a sort of silly romance that doesn't try that hard with Bitcoin stuff. Yeah, I I I, I do think that maybe New Year's Eve. At least New Year's Eve has Efron. Yeah, the Efron Pfeiffer moment. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's true. Actually, that's the that's the only good story. We got a, we got a good fifteen minutes of storyline out of that in that movie. Whereas at least you know, where whereas you know, Christmas Prince Two gave us yeah. five minutes of hacking. 
<laughs> yeah, five minutes of very basic hacking in JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> Did um, well, you know that means as well that this is less than half as good as the Bridges of Madison County, which averaged out at eight point five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I can agree to that. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Well, what are we watching next? So up next, we've got another Netflix special. Um, it is um, another stunning piece of cinema that was going to go down in history. Um, the Princess Switch. Yeah, which sounds kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the same kind of ballpark, but this is what we do. This is our shit. This is this is this is how we live our lives. This is how we choose to spend our days. Yeah, some think it's a wise choice. Our parents disagree. <laughs> um yeah but this is one that's new on netflix this this year at least and has it has is it vanessa hudgens vanessa hudgens yeah and i think the prince guy is a guy from nashville so that's two people that at least i recognize so that's good oh there we go yeah so you've already watched it i have not so i will be watching it later today i'm excited to hear your thoughts paddy nice do you have anything else you want to chat about oh are we are we good? Um, the only thing I would mention is that the British Film Institute has said it's going to stop funding movies where the bad guys have visible scars, oh, which is cool. You know, that's interesting. If you're lazy enough to just have your bad guy dictated by having a big scar on his face, then you can find your funding somewhere else other than an official film institute. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. Fair enough. Yeah, that just that just says try harder. Yeah. It? Yeah. Exactly. Um, which, you know, if you want to get some kind of funding like that from the BFI, then you should be trying harder than that anyway. Yes, absolutely. Um, whereas, and it, and it sort of, it it um, it makes a difference from, um, you know, the, the Mortal Engines movie that's coming out. Mm. Um, directed main, by Peter Jackson. Well, oh, no, I think he he, he's producing it, it yes. rather than directing right. it. That's right. And, um, and in that... Uh, one of the characters, Hester, I think it's the main character. She's supposed to have this big scar on her face, um, based in in the novels. And basically, uh, the movie has um, has got rid of that. So now she's just got a slight scar. Oh, okay. Um, I feel and, like if if it's in a source text that's already established as something that's good, then that doesn't really matter so much. And but... and the the reason the reason that they've removed it is basically the the director made a kind of very clumsy. Um, statement saying that oh well we wanted her to be attractive oh (laughs) so i'm looking forward to that movie dismally failing at the box office that's a shame because the books are supposed to be really good i've never read it yeah i've 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 not read them but the the idea behind them is really interesting about these giant moving cities basically and everything like that the the idea behind sort of changing it is a bit creepy basically They've, they've done it in a very horrible shallow way right well, we shall see. So get out already. I, I have no time for your movie. <laughs> and Peter Jackson, you should know better. Well, this is the man who made The Hobbit into three films. <laughs> <laughs> That's you all know, I have we, to we say. Could, we could watch Hobbit. the Hobbit movies because they do have an, no. a, a completely unnecessary romance section to them. Oh, God. Seems like a lot of time to invest i i sense another one-off special happening here paddy yeah let's fit that in at some point next i sense year. i sense it's coming well, we won't be able to do that in january maybe like in february or something or later or maybe later. after maybe after my child is born and i can't sleep <laughs> there we go 
All right, brilliant. Have you got anything else to share, or is that, is that everything? No, no, I, I think that's it. Just uh, you know, it's December now. Get your decorations up. Get get festive by watching bad films. Yes, yeah, and watch some good films. Everybody, go and watch Muppet Christmas Carol. It's the best Christmas. Oh movie. yeah, that's very very good. But yes, I'm I'm excited. I'm going to be watching lots of Christmas films. Love a bit of Christmas movie. Yeah. So yeah, Merry Christmas to all of you. Or Merry Merry Advent, festive season, Happy Holidays, etc. Thanks for tuning in. As always, uh, you can get in touch with us on email, bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail dot com, Twitter at bigboysdon'tpod. Tell us what you thought of a Christmas Prince too. What what? How would you deal with the economic situation in Aldovia? <laughs> yes, we want your essays in, please. Yes, 2,000 words or more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. All right. Bye-bye. We'll be back next week to talk about the Princess Switch. (laughs) 